forbidden door of professional wrestling with heel turns and headlocks a podcast dedicated to all elite wrestling impact wrestling ring of honor and new japan pro wrestling hosted by Baird DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. gentlemen welcome to another edition of the heel turns and headlocks podcast my name is ray and Lepray, and with me today is absolutely no one how sad but we are here today to talk about something exciting and essentially what i wanted to do today on this rare solo episode of heel turns and headlocks is shine a light on my personal favorite wrestling promotion new japan pro wrestling it is a company that is near and dear to my heart and it feels appropriate to do so now that cheering crowds are at least partially returning to a company that is probably dealt with more in the face of COVID from a fan perspective than any other major mainstream company. Now, obviously, New Japan Pro Wrestling has been working with All Elite Wrestling. It's been working with Impact Wrestling. It has broadened its global reach and still put on some incredible all-time matches and Maybe one day we'll discuss the best matches from this pandemic era of New Japan. But for now, I wanted to give a beginner's guide, if you will. Five matches, all featuring current New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestlers, or at least wrestlers you can see somewhere. And just give a give a great example of what it is that makes this company special. And really, what it comes down to is they are everything they claim to be. They are New Japan Pro Wrestling. They empower the wrestlers to express their art and fight in this beautiful sport, this twisted sport we all love. And that's why the only match I could possibly start with, number one, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kazuchika Okada from Invasion Attack 2013. If there's only one match you watch from this entire episode, I implore you to choose this. Now, if you care about these kind of things... Great if you don't, great also, but just for information's sake, if people want to know, this is a match that got five stars from the Wrestling Observer Network, uh, newsletter, W-O-N, you know what I'm talking about, Dave Meltzer, five stars. To me, the more important thing is it has an average rating on cage match of 9.74. I think Meltzer's ratings are often valuable as just tools to see what matches might be worth checking out. They shouldn't be the gospel no one's where it should be the gospel but a cumulative rating that high one of the highest ratings on the entire site tells you all you need to know now if you are unfamiliar with the rivalry between tanahashi and okada it basically goes like this it is the greatest passing of the torch storyline in the history of professional wrestling i will die on that hill tanahashi at that point in time had helped New Japan Pro Wrestling and really led New Japan Pro Wrestling through the most trying time in the history of the company. Uh, 
it's been said many times before, and it is absolutely true. New Japan Pro Wrestling was very close to going out of business. Plain and simple. They were very close to losing everything. And three people came along. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Shinsuke Nakamura, Katsuyori Shibata. Now, Shibata left. And that left the rivalry between Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shinsuke Nakamura as the building block, as the foundation upon which New Japan Pro Wrestling built its future. And we see all these years later, A, that Tanahashi is still one of the leading figures in New Japan, B, that Shinsuke Nakamura is still featured pretty heavily on mainstream television and professional wrestling, and C, that their legacy and impact has pretty much altered the entire landscape of professional wrestling. Now, the question, of course, becomes what do you do as a company to take the efforts of the, I guess if you're a sports fan, the Larry Bird and Magic Johnson of one era, and then go on to find a way to create Michael Jordan. Now, Kazuchika Okada is very much the Michael Jordan of this equation. He didn't come in and progressively become something. He just kind of snatched it. And everybody knew. It, it didn't seem like everyone would know. And, and I actually encourage you to watch this entire rivalry. It's quite a few matches, but every one of them tells a unique and different story. It is a continuation of what has been a 10-year rivalry that has turned almost into a friendship despite two completely different philosophies on what professional wrestling is meant to be. And that is a big part of this storyline. It is Hiroshi Tanahashi, the incumbent, the man who takes more pride in the success and failure of New Japan Pro Wrestling than anyone ever has. He lives and breathes New Japan. And he, at this point, was at the height of his powers. He was an explosive athlete, a heck of a striker, a gifted technician. He was the complete package no hyperbole he was arguably the best wrestler in the world and a lot of people to this day will argue that he is the greatest of all time that's another topic for another day but the fact that many people believe that is pretty much all you need to know about how much respect he commands enter kazuchika okada a young man who had gone on excursion and if you don't know what that means oftentimes in new japan and many japanese wrestling promotions in general once a wrestler has graduated from the dojo, or the wrestling school, as one would call it here, they will go on to wrestle elsewhere, whether that be Mexico, the United Kingdom, the United States, whatever it may be. They will go overseas and they will kind of sharpen their... I, I don't even want to say sharpen their craft. I, I guess it's... The dojo is built upon a very simple philosophy, and that philosophy is you do not do many moves. You learn the basics. You learn how to tell a story without having too many moves at your disposal. And therefore, when you go on excursion, you start to form your character. You start to form what kind of wrestling moves you will be doing that differentiates you from the pack. Kazuchika Okada famously or infamously ended up in TNA. How they didn't do more with that, we'll never know. But Okada learned a lot, came back, and immediately, as a young 20-something came in and defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. It's the most shocking upset in New Japan history, maybe in wrestling history. came out of nowhere. It would be the equivalent of a rookie pinning Stone Cold Steve Austin for the title in their first match for the title. Unheard of. That carried on for months and culminated at 
Wrestle Kingdom, and, and spoiler alert, sorry, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Kazuchika Okada to win the title back. They had both gotten wins against each other. It seemed like Tanahashi had won the grudge match. He had proven that he was the superior competitor, and then young Kazuchika Okada on his first try goes out and wins the New Japan Cup. The New Japan Cup is a single elimination tournament. Essentially, you lose, you're out. Okada went through that, beat a who's who of competitors, became the number one contender for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship all over again. Tanahashi enters this match with the attitude and mentality of, again, I have to beat you again. I proved that I was better than you. Your time will come. You've earned my respect, but enough is enough. This is still my time. And Kazuchika Okada enters this going, I'm not like any wrestler you've ever faced before. I am not the young man that everyone is making me out to be. I am young, but I am already with the mentality and the poise of a veteran. And thus, you get one of the greatest matches in professional wrestling history. Now again, I implore you to watch all of the matches leading up to this, all of the matches that followed. This, however, was, I think, a turning point in professional wrestling. I think the pacing of wrestling matches changed from this point on. This match influenced a lot of people stylistically, a lot of companies stylistically, and really also became a blueprint of sorts for big matches in the modern era of pro wrestling. That alone, I think, is why it's a cool historical gem. But even putting that aside, it's an all-time great match. And we can throw the word five stars out, and a lot of times it doesn't apply. I think it applies to all of the matches I'm about to tell you, but not the point. This match here is important historically, it is great individually, and it is essential viewing if you are going to get into New Japan Pro Wrestling and ultimately understand why Okada is the flag bearer for the company now and why Tanahashi was for so long. Now, moving on from a match that really has a bit of everything to a match that is pretty damn straightforward. At G1 Climax 23, Katsuyori Shibata was back in New Japan Pro Wrestling. As I mentioned earlier, he was chosen as one of the three musketeers, and then he left. That left a bad taste in a lot of wrestling fans' mouths, especially New Japan fans, and they basically looked at Shibata as a traitor. Now, can you blame them? I don't know. Katsuyori Shibata was basically the chosen one. He was the prodigal son of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he kind of, in the eyes of some, spit in the face of that. He had everything, and he walked away from it at the peak of opportunity. Across the ring from Katsuyori Shibata is none other than Tomohiro Ishii. Now, Ishii obviously has become something of a household name if you're a diehard wrestling fan, and has put on many classic matches during his legendary career. This is the match, though, along with a great G1 Climax 23 match as well against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Please check that out, one of my favorite matches ever. But his match against Katsuyori Shibata was interesting on multiple levels. The raw physicality, the sheer violence, the storytelling packed into what I think is the greatest 13-minute match in the history of wrestling, basically a clinic on how to tell a complete story and have a complete wrestling match in a short period of time. In addition to that, though, you have the backstory that fuels it. And I think understanding the backbone of this match is as important as appreciating 
the brilliance of it on its own. And that backstory is while Katsuyori Shibata was handed everything and walked away from it, Tomohiro Ishii had to climb and climb and climb to heights that ultimately he was never able to reach. That That is really the best way I can put it. Tomohiro Ishii is a... He's honestly the epitome of a late bloomer. If you think Diamond Dallas Page, Tomohiro Ishii kind of takes it to another level. He wrestled the indies of the Japanese wrestling world. He was in Michinoku Pro. He was in BJW. He was all over the place. Tenru Project. A guy trained by Riki Choshu and Jinichiro Tenru, two of the greatest of all time, who got rejected by the New Japan Dojo for being too small. Now that is the key. Tomohiro Ishii up to this point had not wrestled in G1 Climax. Up to this point, Tomohiro Ishii had not had a real great opportunity to experience success in the professional wrestling world on a mainstream level. And across the ring from him, in this opportunity of a lifetime to prove himself, was a man who took opportunities for granted. Tomohiro Ishii and Katsuyori Yushibata, they grew to respect each other. But this right here is just bad blood 101. One guy who walked away from the world and another who has been fighting tooth and nail to get there. What you get in the end is brilliance. It is one of my favorite matches of all time. and It's honestly the match that I show to people who want to get into New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I encourage you to check it out. Now, if you're noticing a pattern, or if you're about to start noticing a pattern, there are some all-time classics that I'm going to leave off this list because I'm going to leave it to one match per wrestler. And I could have easily gone Kazuchika Okada versus Kenny Omega. I could have easily gone Kazuchika Okada versus Tetsuya Naito. But instead, I'm going to go with Kenny Omega versus Tetsuya Naito from G1 Climax 26. I encourage you to watch all three of their matches. They're all three of the best matches I've ever seen. But that first one, I don't know if I was breathing for most of this match. Because by the end of it, I was out of breath. I had tears welling in my eyes. I have no idea what the hell happened to this day. I have watched it multiple times. I still don't know. But G1 Climax 26, Kenny Omega versus Tetsuya Naito is pretty much the epitome of how to tell a phenomenal story in an unbelievably fast-paced match. It is basically what spits in the face of all of the criticisms of fast-paced matches when it comes to saying there cannot be a story. There can be. Kenny Omega and Tetsuya Naito up to this point were essentially two of the best who had never truly secured that spot at the top of the New Japan hierarchy. Kenny Omega, somewhat new on the scene. He had just taken over Bullet Club a few months earlier after Bullet Club had turned on AJ Styles, a two-time IWGP heavyweight champion. Tetsuya Naito had been to the mountaintop multiple times, but never really seemed to stay. He had a love-hate relationship with New Japan. He was obsessed with proving people wrong, and no one was in need of being proven wrong more than the fans who turned on him. That is a critical part of Tetsuya Naito's story because a few years back, he was ready to defend the IWGB Heavyweight Championship against Kazuchika Okada. And what happened? The fans decided to vote a different main event. Ooh, painful. A different main event for Wrestle Kingdom. The only time it had ever happened where the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, rather than the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, would go on to be the main event. It was one time only. It shocked people. 
and there's really no other way to put that. It absolutely shocked people. Wrestle Kingdom 8, great match. Kazuchika Okada, excuse me, I'm correcting myself here. Kazuchika Okada defending the IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Tetsuya Naito. But Naito felt usurped. He had won G1 Climax. He had earned that main event spot. He had earned that world title match in the main event to headlight Wrestle Kingdom, and the fans voted him out of it. Kenny Omega, meanwhile, comes onto the scene, formerly a junior heavyweight, comes and transitions to heavyweight, same path that Tetsuya Naito takes, or at least one time took, and what happens? The fans love him. He's the bad guy. He's Bullet Club. Why do they love him? But they didn't love me. They booed me. They voted me out of main events. They rejected me. I'm just as good as him. And Kenny at that point was looking untouchable. The pace that he was able to wrestle at, the physicality that he was able to bring while also being an explosive athlete was truly unique. And then Tetsuya Naito said, I'm going to push you to your absolute limit. And they put on one of the great matches in G1 Climax history, which is saying something. Five stars from WON. 9.77 average rating on cage match. That ranks number six all time. One of the top 10 matches all time on cage match. I beg you to check this match out. It defies any of your expectations, and it is the type of match that you need to watch multiple times to truly appreciate it. I'm going to leave it at that and just say, watch that damn match. Also, I failed to give you the ratings for the Shibata versus Ishii match. Five stars and 9.59 on cage match. Phenomenal. Now... Moving on from the G1 to an event that we just mentioned a little earlier, the event in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom. Specifically, Wrestle Kingdom 9. Now, if you're compiling a list of the greatest matches of all time, this has to be on it. If you don't know Shinsuke Nakamura from anything but WWE, you need to watch this. If you don't know Kota Ibushi, you need to watch this. If you just like pro wrestling, even in passing, or if you love it, passionately watch this match Cody Ibushi versus Shinsuke Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom 9 is art it is the epitome of storytelling it is the epitome of strong style it is everything that is beautiful about New Japan Pro Wrestling the story here is pretty simple Cody Ibushi idolized Shinsuke Nakamura he looked up to him he wanted to pattern his basically his entire approach to pro wrestling after Shinsuke Nakamura, who is known as the King of Strong Style. Now, why is this relevant? It's relevant because Cody Ibushi, for a long time, he was chasing Nakamura. He was chasing the, not only the, the admiration on the level that Shinsuke Nakamura receives it, but chasing the approval of Nakamura. And that... That's a tall task, chasing the respect of Nakamura. Now, if you rewind a few months to the G1 Climax event, G1 Climax 23 all over again, Shinsuke Nakamura and Cody Ibushi actually had a heck of a match on, really, you should go back and watch this day because it is one of the best days in New Japan Pro Wrestling history. That one day of G1 action is absolutely ridiculous. I mean... Top to bottom, that card is stacked, including the Ishii versus Shibata match, funny enough, including probably the best match Davy Boy Smith had ever wrestled, including Naito and Minoru Suzuki going at it, Prince Devitt, now known as Finn Balor and Tanahashi, Togi Makabe and Kazuchika Okada, and, but 
most important to this conversation, Cody Ibushi versus Shinsuke Nakamura won. Now, I went 4.5 stars personally. Meltzer went 4.75, 9.45 on cage match. I would advise you to watch this damn match because this is Murder Bushi versus the King of Strong Style. If you don't know Murder Bushi, Cody Bushi has a tendency to kind of go into a trance where he becomes this incredibly, excessively violent individual. I mean, closed fists and everything. It is mesmerizing. It is concerning. This is pretty much peak murder bushi where he as a junior heavyweight is wrestling at g1 climax 23 he gets to wrestle his idol and shinsuke nakamura doesn't believe that a junior heavyweight can touch him let alone hurt him cody bushi makes him revisit that thought process it is a hell of a match in the end honestly the best way i can put it is that red shoes the referee he looks relieved that this match has ended. He looks relieved that these two have stopped beating the absolute tar out of one another. And quite frankly, you should go back and watch it. It's a great precursor to the match at Wrestle Kingdom because at Wrestle Kingdom, well, Cody Ibushi has packed on a few pounds, a few pounds, excuse me, in the roughly 18 months between matches. He has become a true heavyweight he has established himself as one of the best strikers in professional wrestling not just among the junior heavyweights but overall and what we get because of that is shinsuke nakamura against the individual who idolized him who looks up to him in every way and shinsuke nakamura has to defend the title that he's synonymous with, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, and he needs to prove that Cody Ibushi may be on his level now, but even when you're on the level, you're not quite king. What you get is a emotional match. You get a match that is filled with jaw-dropping violence, that is filled with pure artistic storytelling. It is everything that pro wrestling is meant to be, in my opinion, of course. And if not that first match, the Tanahashi vs. Okada Invasion Attack match, I would beg you to watch this. To me, it is one of the greatest matches of all time. All of these are, but one of the greatest matches of all time, and honestly, a match that does not get spoken about enough. Now, if you want a more modern classic, I know all these matches are only from a few years ago, but wrestling changes very quickly. A more modern match that Funny enough, a lot has changed since then. Both of these guys have gone from junior heavyweights to heavyweights. A lot of both of these guys have gone from being contenders in that division to champions as heavyweights, world champions as heavyweights. And you've probably heard of this match. If you haven't, that's fine. No problem at all. But I implore you, check it out. Best of the Super Junior 26, the final between Shingo Takagi and Will Ospreay. And I know some people don't like Ospreay and blah, blah, blah. This match is pure fucking fire. Sorry, there's the explicit tag. Shingo Takagi at this point had been undefeated in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He went through the entire Best of the Super Junior Tournament without dropping a single match. And he had some absolute bangers with guys like Sho and Taiji Ishimori, etc., etc. He had put on some incredible matches, some of the best matches of the year, but he was untouchable. He was too big for the junior heavyweights to handle. He was even pushing it. People were questioning, is he really a junior heavyweight? Shingo had a great, great run before he turned heavyweight. You should check that whole thing out, especially culminating here where he takes on Will Ospreay for the best of the Super Junior crown.
Osprey, meanwhile, well, he's pretty much become the ace of the division. If you don't know what that means, it essentially means the guy. He is the franchise player of the junior heavyweight division. And the question is simple. Can Osprey, who's physically capable of athletic feats that we've never seen before, take on a junior heavyweight with more power than any junior heavyweight we've seen before? It is the unstoppable force and the immovable object. And this match is insane. 5.75 stars from Wrestling Observer Newsletter. 9.69 on Cage Match. Again, I'm sorry, I forgot about Wrestle Kingdom 9, Ibushi, and Nakamura. That's five stars, 9.70. But Shingo and Osprey just go to absolute war. There is incredible athletic feats. There is unbelievable violence. There are brilliant moments of storytelling. There is a consistent and, and easily understandable story playing throughout this match is at a time where will osprey is still getting criticized for not telling stories and even then cage match rating at 9.69 on average is all you really need to know it is one of the best matches i have ever seen in my life it was for a lot of people the match of the year in a great damn year in pro wrestling and it is a great introduction to modern new japan pro wrestling that includes these two guys pretty much at the top along with the Okada and Jay White combination. Uh, I would definitely put this on any list of recommendations, whether you're a beginner or you're going for a deep dive or you just want one match to watch and then never watch again. If you just want some plain old fun, it's great for it. If you want a story, it's great for it. If you want to say, holy shit, it's great for it. Whatever you want, this match has it all. And ladies and gentlemen, that's why it is number five on this list of five matches from New Japan Pro Wrestling that you need to see. But you know what this is. This is heel turns and headlocks. We never just give you five. We always give you one extra. We give you an honorable mention. And I will continue the theme of best of the Super Junior. If the Shingo versus Osprey is not the best of the top best of the Super Junior final of all time, there's another one that competes with it. There are several. That's another great conversation for another day. But the honorable mention here is actually the best of the Super Junior Final from the year prior. Hiromu Takahashi versus Taiji Ishimori. Five and a half stars from WON. 9.62 on cage match. Pure, unfiltered chaos. There are incredible spots in the crowd that make you cringe and laugh and cry. I don't even know. I... Honestly, I was crying by the end of this match. Unreal. Then they get back in the ring after all the damage they've taken, and they take it to another freaking level. It's the kind of match that you have to watch multiple times to appreciate properly because you start to realize how much damage these two are putting each other through and how they're able to maintain an insane pace and keep upping the ante until an end that had everyone gasping for air and screaming... Japanese wrestling crowds are incredible, and this match has one of the best crowds ever. It gets so hot, it is hanging on every single moment of this match, and these two guys deliver an absolute classic. Taiji Ishimori coming over from Pro Wrestling Noah, looking to go from being the guy who carried that company's junior heavyweight division to now competing with the big guns, per se, and proving that he belongs. He more than proved it. It's why he's one of the best junior heavyweights of all time. Hiromu Takahashi, I mean, the guy has been through hell, the neck injury, etc., etc., etc. But this was a shining example of why he is 
arguably the most popular wrestler in New Japan, if not Tetsuya Naito. He's a guy who people absolutely love. He beats to the tune of his own drum. He is a character for sure. But he goes out there and he risks everything almost every time you watch him wrestle. And this may very well be the best match that either of these guys have wrestled, which is saying something. Regardless of whether or not that's true, this is my honorable mention because I believe that talking about just one junior heavyweight match between two guys who evolved into heavyweights, if you want to call it evolution, it's not fair because the junior heavyweight division in New Japan is so damn good and Hiromu Takahashi and Taiji Ishimori to this day are standard bearers for that division and reasons that you need to check it out ASAP. Now... There are an abundance of matches that I could have put on here. There are an abundance of matches that I wish I had put on here. Eventually, I'm sure we'll talk about all of that. But for now, I just want to say thank you for listening. And I hope that these matches come off as something that you might enjoy. If you only give one a chance, pick any of them. Honestly, you'll have a good time. I think they all... What I tried to do here is offer you a a, a combination of matches that all feature different things, different kind of paces, styles, stakes, etc., etc., stories, whatever it may be. And hopefully you can find something you like. If you can't, I'm sorry, but I actually appreciate that you took the time to try. So whatever happens out of this episode, I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for giving New Japan Pro Wrestling a chance. I love that company. And really, if you can't do anything else, until the next time you hear from us, keep on loving professional wrestling. That'll be a boom for Bear. Next time, maybe. Thanks for listening. Catch us on Twitter at heel underscore turns underscore pod and on Instagram at heel turns and headlocks. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.